0: for making that happen. Amen. Now, I tell you what, let's pray before we get going today. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to stand here before your people, Lord. And I, I just commit myself to serve you and to be the willing vessel to speak your word today. And Father, I pray that they came in here with ears to hear and a heart to receive. And they come ready and they come prayed up and they expecting you to speak to them. And I pray that they'll receive that word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, you see how I ended that prayer? In Jesus' name. You know, we hear a lot of people doing that now. And we should. We should. But the question that I had someone ask me the last past week, which stirred this, the reason for this message, was, why do you use Jesus' name? Why, would you, why do you do that? You know, our church, we don't use Jesus' name. Because they, and they, their point on it was, you know, in today's time, we don't need to use Jesus' name because it's a little more... Uh, it's not the new trendy way to do it. We just say, in his name. Well, that's not true. Because there's a reason we use Jesus' name. Alright? There's a very, very good reason. Now, and that's the whole reason I put all this together. And because we need you guys to understand why we use his name. You hear, and you hear me say all the time, you need to know what you believe, and you need to know why you believe it especially today, folks. We are in a time. We are in a chaotic time in this world. And you will be challenged what you believe. And you need to be able to just simply explain why you believe it. It's it's that easy. Because there's nothing worse than being there and telling somebody, well, I believe in Jesus. And then there may be an atheist, and there, there's an opportunity for you to witness to them, and they ask you, why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you believe what you believe? And when you cannot answer that, they're just, it just pushes them further away, pushes them further away. So it's, it's very, very, you very much need to understand what you believe and why you believe it. But remember this, there's a lot in that name of Jesus. There's a lot there, a lot. And the... And Satan has been trying to silence the name of Jesus since the beginning of time. He always has. And so today I put all this together to help lay a foundation so you can understand. But it's very important to remember that Satan has been trying to stifle the name of Jesus simply because the name of Jesus is the door to the supernatural. It is the door to the power that's in that name. It is. And see... That name is the only name that's recognized on earth, in hell, and in heaven. That is. That's kind of cool if you really think about it. So that's a pretty powerful name, right? Well, it is. So it has the power to save souls, heal bodies, and conquer demons. So it's safe to say there's a lot of power in that name, right? Well, look with me at Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Therefore God elevated him to a place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see right there, that name is the name that's greater above all names. All right? You see it right there. And the, the, if you really think about this, the fact that Satan has been trying to silence us from using that name, that should make us aware. There's something to that. The fact that he's been trying forever to stop us from using that name. All right, should draw our attention, we should say. And it's simply because He doesn't want us to ever come to the realization of the power that's in His name and use to begin to speak that and confess that over Him. Because see, when you understand that and get a revelation of the power that's in His name, you, and you begin to use that and apply that to your life, you are that much closer to walking in clear victory over Him. So He wants to keep us deceived. He doesn't want us to see the power that's in that name. But there's power. Everybody say power. That's right. There was two of you. Say it again. Power. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Look at Acts four sixteen and 17. It says, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So we see the apostles were told here. Don't speak the name of Jesus again. All right? This was in biblical times. Once again, Satan's trying to stop us from using that name in biblical times. But let's bring that up. Even today, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. All right? I mean, you think about in a workplace. There's not very many workplaces around now that will allow you to openly talk about Jesus, to openly have prayer time. They may give you the prayer time, but you've got to be quiet and you've got to be over in your corner and that's it, all right? And I own a business. I know how hard it is to hire employees. You can't discriminate. You've got to hire people. They may be atheists, they may be Muslims, and they may be Christians, and you've got to bring them all together. And I understand it's hard, all right? But see, we're in a time where, where society is pressuring us to not talk about the name of Jesus, Right? He, and i mean we've been doing this in schools for a long time for a long time if you want your kids to hear the name of jesus or to hear anything about jesus they have to go to a private school a christian private school right and it's, it's it just shows you where we are in society All right? right i was watching a documentary i think most of you probably know who tim allen is he was a comedian and he's been on a couple of sitcoms he was on home improvement but he was talking about the frustrations of being in acting and being in, in television in today's time. And he shared a story about when they were doing, uh, on the home improvement show, they were doing a, uh, a Christmas show. And they sat him down and they told him, this is, a not, this is a Christmas show. It is about Santa Claus and the Christmas presents and the tree. You are not to mention the name of Jesus. Well, that didn't sit very well with him. And of course, if those of you that know him, he's a little bit rebellious, and he'd mention the name of Jesus anyway. But he was persecuted for it. He was persecuted for it. See, Satan has got such a stronghold on Hollywood, and and I mean, you just you just look at it, and so many things against Christianity come from Hollywood. All right. And that's that's very dangerous, folks. This is why I tell you all the time, you need to be very aware on what you feed on from television and from the movie theaters. What are you feeding on, right? Because Satan's in there. and And, and it's so really crazy to see how so many people in this world base who they are on what they see on television or in the movie. And we used to see this when Michelle and I would go to Ukraine, mostly, Around In the orphanages there, all the teenagers, of course, they have nothing, so they're striving to get something. And everything they viewed their life in was trying to pursue the American dream based off what they saw in movies. It was every bit of it. All the girls wanted to be that supermodel they saw on the tv screen and all the guys wanted to be the superhero they saw on the tv screen see see there was no idea no concept of being who god made them to be they were trying to constantly pursue and try to be something that they were not all right but listen i I remember um uh i was talking with uh, my sister and she was talking about the view i don't watch this show but apparently it's a talk show for ladies on uh, during the day i think and they were doing a, um, a show, and there was a lady sharing a testimony about how she lost a lot of weight. Some of you may have seen this. I don't know. I didn't see she was telling me about it. But the lady, and the lady, was, she was a Christian lady that was sharing her testimony, and she said, I just don't know what else to say, but just thank you, Jesus. They literally, because, you know, there's a, a few second interval there before it actually airs, and they actually bleeped the name of Jesus out. They took it out. Took it out. So, you know, there's power in that name. And Satan has been trying to get us to stop using that name forever. And we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware of it and not allow it to happen. You see, we live in a world where it's okay to pray to a generic God if you're all quiet in your corner and doing your own little thing. And not, don't want to offend anybody. But the minute you mention the name of Jesus, the political police are there to pounce on you. You can't offend anybody. All right. This is what I'm talking about, about being in a day where you're going to be challenged. There's going to be a time where you need to be bold in who you are in Christ and bold enough to speak the name of Jesus. That's the only way we're going to promote the gospel to this world that we live in, is if we speak and evangelize like we talked about last week. And what's really sad is you're seeing it in today's churches. It goes back to what I was telling you about the young lady sharing me that, sharing with me the fact that they don't use the name of Jesus in their church. And I just I can't even wrap my mind around that, why they would do that. And I do know, I do know this, because I, I communicate with a lot of pastor friends around, and some have big churches, some have little churches. And, and some ministers get into the, uh, the, the mindset that they're pursuing numbers in their church rather than they're just trying to, they should be doing the job of just teaching their flock how to apply the Scripture to their lives, regardless of how many people come in. So, but they're after the big numbers, and when they do that, I had one tell me this about two weeks ago. He said, well, I had to soften my messages up. He had to soften his messages up. I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, you know, when you kind of preach the the whole truth, sometimes that, that doesn't sit well with people, all right? And they get uncomfortable, and they don't come back to my church. Well my my answer to that is, well, son, you're gonna be responsible before Christ on what you taught these people. Now you teach it, you teach it in love. And accountability for sin, that's okay. We all have to have it. We're all sinners, myself included. We all make mistakes. And that's the where your church family comes in to love you and say, Look, stop. Stop. We all need to be shook by the shirt sometime and say, Stop. You're going down the wrong path. Now if that person chooses to continue to go down that path at some point you have to pull your hands off and say go ahead. You know that's your choice. God gave us free will to choose. Amen. So we're going to hear the name of Jesus in this church, all right? We're, going, we're not after numbers, and I'm not up here to preach doom and gloom and condom. I'm not the pastor police and trying to police your lives. My job is just to teach you the truth and the word of God so that you can apply it and walk in the best that God has for you because he's got a plan for each and every one of you, and you are the only one that can do that. And if you ever really get a revelation of it, man, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's like, wow, he made me. For that. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So listen, make no mistake about it. The devil is committed to stop the name of Jesus and not just the name of Jesus. He's committed to stop all Christians who are bold enough to use that name. So you're gonna come up against some resistance here or there sometimes, but that's okay. The answer the answer is not to back down in fear. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, have we? No. We should be bold. And in order to be bold, you've got to know who you are in Christ. And you've got to be intentional. You're going to have to push yourself sometimes to, to be strong, stand firm, and then be confident in, who you, in what you know and what you've learned from the Word of God. Amen. Now, let's talk about the power in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, power in the name of Jesus. Power. That's right. There's power in that name. There's power. Look at John 14:12 through 14. John 14, 12 through 14 it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. All right. So Jesus is telling the disciples here, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So you're saying, well, pastor, I can ask God for anything and he'll do it. Well, that's what the word says as long as it lines up with the, word, with the will of God for your life. All right? That doesn't mean you're going to go out here and claim, well, that Mercedes is mine in Jesus' name. I claim that and that's mine. It doesn't work that way. All right? Or I, 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 that million dollars is mine. I'm calling that million dollars. I'm claiming that million dollars. And look, There's nothing wrong with claiming money for your situation or your finances or for your, for your life. But it doesn't work that way. First off, if you can't budget the thirty or 40000 or whatever you make a year, if you're living check to check, and it's, it's stretched, why would God bless you with a million dollars if you couldn't budget that? If, all right? So he's, a, he's a smart God. That money's going somewhere where it could benefit the kingdom of God. So, yes, you can, ask, you can ask God, and he will do it as long as it lines up with the will of God for your life. Amen? Now, let's go just a little bit deeper here. And, and, and if, you, if, you, if you look and you dig a little deeper here, the Greek word for ask here, and I want you to really follow me here, the Greek word for ask implies a demand of something due. All right? So we see that Jesus is talking about using his name as a basis for authority to demand our inheritance in Christ. All right? So Jesus wasn't saying you're to demand of God. God doesn't withhold anything good from his people, does he? No, he doesn't. Absolutely not. What he was saying is you need to learn to exercise your authority over Satan in your circumstances and command him to stop in whatever way he is holding you in bondage in your life. We don't don't let our circumstances rule our life. We learn to use the authority given to us through Christ Jesus to rule our circumstances, all right? There's power in that name. Power. Now, let's look at Acts 3, 1 through 6. Got a lot of scripture out here today. Now, this is where Peter and John, they healed the cripple. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. All right, get up and walk. So, what did he do? A man, homie, took his blanket and took off. He did. That's what he did. Now, Peter didn't demand anything from God in this situation, did he? He didn't. He just simply commanded him with the authority given to him in the name of Jesus. Well, why? Because God never made that man crippled. See, Satan is the one that made the man crippled. Sickness and disease comes from Satan himself, right? God does not put sickness on anybody. So... Don't feel like he's going, oh, he just give me this. I've got to carry this. He's trying to teach me something. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you don't go through some struggles. And that doesn't mean that, 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 that you won't hit some bumps in the road. And he may allow you to go through some things to teach you something. Or, or, but he did not put that sickness on you. Now, I had a hard time with this. My mother was sick from the day I was born to the day she died. And she told me, she said, my sickness, what I'm dealing with is my situation. And she said, it does not change the truth of the Word of God. And she told me that a hundred times. It took me a long time to get it and to study it out and to see it. But it did not change the, the truth in the Word of God. Amen. But God didn't make the man crippled. Satan did. So Peter demanded that the man rise and walk in Jesus' name. He used Jesus' name to set him free from the bondage that Satan had him in. That's it. That's what he did. So you have to ask yourself, is there any bondage that Satan's holding you in? If there is, begin to pray about it. Begin to speak confidently the name of Jesus over that situation. Now, Acts 3.16 says, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. See, it was the name of the Jesus that gives the believer the authority over the devil and guarantees the answer to command it of faith. There's that word, faith. You've got to believe. You've got to believe and you got to... Faith sees the answer before the answer comes. That means you've got to be so confident in the promises of God, so confident in the Word of God that you know that you know that you're healed or that you know that you know that He's going to provide for you in whatever way you may need. Amen. So if you think about it, and you bring that in today's terms, you could, you, could, you could say that Jesus has given us the power of attorney. All right, has anybody in here got a power of attorney for anybody? Michelle has power of attorney for me. Now what does that mean? Well, that's the legal right to use his name, a person's name. When you, have, when you give someone power of attorney, whatever is behind that person, whether it be power, authority, whatever, is then delegated to you. Well, that's what Jesus did. He delegated that power from him to the disciples to us. To us. And if you study it out, every time a miracle took place in the New Testament, either Jesus did it or one of the disciples did it through the name of Jesus. All right? So, now, we're all the ones now that have been given the power of attorney for Jesus, so we need to be the ones allowing God to work miracles through our hands, working miracles through our prayers, all right? So we need to be the ones laying hands on and praying for the sick, praying, praying for our cities, praying for provision in your life, praying for your family's salvation. Listen, that authority's been given to you, learn to use it in whatever situation or circumstances that come into your life. Don't allow your circumstances to dictate you Begin to dictate your circumstances. You're saying, well, Pastor, I can, you're saying I can pray over my circumstances? Absolutely, you can pray in, a th- in faith and believing that God's going to th- do whatever it is that you say He said that He would do. All right? And you can. so we should be, be believing, and not just believing, but we should be seeing miracles. I remember the first time I laid hands on someone. And, and I was in Mexico. It was my first trip in Mexico. And I was new in Christ and then And... Uh, Fairly new. And the first, it was actually my first mission trip. And I was there, and there was a gentleman that came up, and he was deaf. And, of course, he wanted to be healed. He said, I'll, I'll, I'm believing God for, through the interpreter. He said, he's believing God that he'll be healed tonight. And I said, okay. So I laid hands on him. We, we anointed him with oil, and we prayed for him, and he was healed. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know who, I'll never forget it. I was, I was as shocked as he was. I really was. See, it wasn't anything about me. See, God just wants willing vessels that he can work through. See, a lot of times we get hung up on the fact that I'm just thinking that we're, we're, most of us that walk around, we're not as confident as we should be about our, or who we are, all right? And we walk around, maybe we're, 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 we have a low self-esteem, so we can't see ourselves doing anything. But see, it's not doing it in our strength. God will empower you to do whatever he's calling you to do if you'll just step out and do it. But when I laid hands on that guy and he was healed, it floored me. And it floored, it actually floored, we, it, it almost got a little out of hand because the community knew the man as a, as a deaf guy from birth. And they didn't know exactly how to take it. And we couldn't speak Spanish either, but, we, you know, it, we worked it out. But it was, it, was, it, was, it was a powerful moment. It was a powerful moment. It was a miracle Based on the name of Jesus and the authority given to us in that name. So, think about it like this. When you pray for somebody and when you're laying hands on somebody, think about it like this. You're laying hands and you're praying. The unseen part of that is Jesus laying hands on you. And all the healing power and anointing and authority and everything is flowing through him, through you, because you're willing by faith to be the vessel to use. And then the healing happens. Sometimes it happens instantly. Sometimes it doesn't happen that fast. But the important thing is to be willing to be the one, to be obedient and pray as God leads you. Amen. Now look at Luke 9, 1 through 2. Luke 9, 1 and 2. It says, One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So the power went, was passed on. It was passed on to the disciples, so now it's passed on to us. We have power of attorney. That power's been delegated to us. There's power in that name. And you know what's really cool? We think about the power in the name of Jesus, and you hear a lot of people quote it all the time. There's power in that name, power in that name. And, but there's a lot of power. And, and, and essentially, when you say power, a lot of people think of healings or great miracles and all that but there's more to it. There's just so much to that name. I mean, we're all saved through the name of Jesus, right? Acts four twelve. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So we all become sons and daughters of Christ simply by believing on His name. That's simple. That's kind of cool. There's a lot in that name. I mean... We're all forgiven in that name, right? We are. Power. Power. Matthew 18:20 says, "For where there are two or three gathered together as followers, I am there together among them." He's even present with all of us when we gather in his name. He's right here. He's right here. There's so much in that name. So much. And remember this, the name of Jesus represents all that Jesus is. And all that he stands for. And we get to speak his name simply because he's in us. So you you got to really get a revelation that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you when you choose him as your Lord and Savior. you got to get it. And when it, it's got to click. And, I mean, that's pretty awesome that he's right there with you. And, he's, and you're not acting alone. So whatever he puts on your heart to do, as grand as it may be, he will empower you to do it. I, I remember the first time Michelle and I committed it to to, to, committed to God, and through, we were praying, and we committed to God that we were going to host our first group of orphans from Ukraine. So we were all doing the natural part, putting together the budget, and she showed me the number, and I was like, whoa. You know, it was like $42,000 we had to raise. And the way the process goes is you don't get permission for those kids to come until really close to time to come. And so we usually only have two to three months to raise that money. Well, we didn't have that money, but we knew God was calling us to do that. And I'll never forget. When he, I just said, God, here I am. I know you want me to do it. We're going to do it. And I started making phone calls the next day, not to raise the money, but making phone calls by faith, I was making phone calls to set everything in motion, to, to get the documents and to get everything set for these kids to come. I didn't have the money yet, but by faith, I knew that God called me to do this, and He was going to provide. Within three weeks, we had over $25,000 come in. And there's places I had no clue of. Businesses would send $10,000. One individual sent $12,000. You know, it's just, it was God providing for what he called us to do, and all all I had to do was be the willing vessel to take that step of faith, and then he'd meet me. I'd take another step, he'd meet me. Take another step, and he'd meet me. He wants the same for all of us, for all of us. If If he puts something on your heart for you to do, know that he will empower you to do it. Once you are willing to take that step of faith, and then let, let him meet you. And it's so cool when, you start, when it starts happening and you start seeing it happen, man, you just, you just get a grin on your face. You're like, thank you, Jesus. And then you get, it gets easier to take that next step. Easier to take that next step. It's a, real, it's a great, great thing. You're not acting alone. God wants you. He has a perfect plan for you. And some of you in here will do great, great things. And you can't even see yourself doing those great things. But He will empower you to do it. He'll meet you. He'll meet you where you are. Praise God. You you should be reminding yourself daily of that. You should. So you can really keep that revelation. That you're that special. That God wants you to do some great things. Amen. Now... Remember this, all that Jesus was and did when he walked on this earth is all accessible to us through the name of Jesus. So that means we have power to break strongholds. We have power to pray for the sick. We have power to pray for the provision for your family. We have power to pray for the leaders of your city. You have power to pray for your job. Power to pray for your friends. Power to pray for your church family. Glory to God. We all have power. And it's interesting to see that that even the devils trembled at the name of Jesus. Luke 10, 17 says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. So the, the name of Jesus is recognized in hell because Satan knows the power there. So see, the, Satan is such a good deceiver. Don't ever think that if you don't keep your guard up, that he won't deceive you. Because he's deceived, if you study through history, he's deceived some great, great minds. Some great minds. So you need to be, you need to keep your guard up. You need to to stay prayed up and you need to stay studied up on the word of God. Amen. Because he knows there's power in that name. He knows there's power. I mean, if you think about it, the demons, they wouldn't have obeyed if they had commanded them in the names of Peter, James, and John. Absolutely not. They would have laughed at them. But just when they mention that name of Jesus, they flee. They tremble. They flee. There's power. Power in that name. And we've all been given the power of attorney. And see, in Jesus' name, we are boldly capable of approaching that throne. It is. It's the key to heaven. The name of Jesus is the key to heaven. And he's given us his name to use in prayer. And when we use it, so that's the key. When we use it, It's as if Jesus himself was doing the prayer. You're just the willing vessel. You're the one he's wanting to use. You're the one that is committed by faith to allow him to use you. That's what he wants. And we've been given this power, so you need to get a revelation of the fact and use it in faith. Use it in faith. And learn to take control of your circumstances instead of allowing your circumstances to control us. See, so many people walk around in defeat in this world because when the circumstance, we all deal with circumstances. It can be anything, right? And they're going to come, but it's how you respond when they come. See, most people, when the circumstances come, and most of us, especially in America, we have a tendency to over-dramatize, so we quickly make a decision based on the circumstance. And we don't need to do that. Sometimes you're going to have to make split-second decisions. But for the most part, when the circumstances come and that fear starts coming on you, you know when it's coming, or anger, or whatever it is. You can feel it coming. See, when it starts to come, you've got to learn to be bold. And you need to speak, command in the name of Jesus, No, Satan, I will not allow that to come into my life. No, you stop. You get away from me. I rebuke you. You get away from me now. I don't care who's in the room, because depending on the circumstances, it may be pretty important that you you rebuke him really fast. Right? and then when the, even those circumstances are come, you command it and you stop and you breathe, and then you pray and you ask God, and then you make your decision based on how God is leading you now all this the more you do it, it gets faster, it gets faster i mean i'll be walking around at the at the job site or the, or the, in town wherever and if if some kind of I, I can sense you you can too when fear or some ill Thoughts come on mine. or right, let me put it this way. I had a gentleman share it, but he illustrated it this way. He worked in an office building. And he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, uh, um, he, said um, he said, there's this young lady that's in the cubicle over next to me. And he said, man, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. He said, I can't stand it. Every time she walks by, it's all I can do to keep from looking at her. You know, and he was being honest. He was being honest. Some of you may deal with some similar situation." I said, "What do you do?" He said, "Well, I look at her." I said, "That's not. That's not what you need to be." I can't help it. I said, "You can help it." And I said, "You need to learn to control your thoughts. When those thoughts come, rebuke them out of your mind. You don't. How you respond to those thoughts is what's bad. See, the thoughts are going to come. Satan's going to throw those little darts and those little arrows at you all the time to try to deceive you, and it's what you do when they come. See, he was given into it." In to the, don't give in to the temptations that Satan throws at you. Learn to be quick to speak the word in the name of Jesus and take authority over the situation, over your circumstances, and you command him. No, Satan, I do this daily. I pray over my family. I pray over my kids. Satan, you have no place in my life. You have my, I pray my kids, I pray their names out. Austin, Anna, Hampton, Jessica, Sasha, Natalie, Brandy, did I get them all? <laughs> but I, I got them written down. <laughs> but I seriously, I do. You don't have no place in my church. You have no place in my life. I command you to stay out. You, and the scripture says, resist him and he will flee. I resist you now in Jesus' name. You should be doing this over your family, over your wife, parents. You need to be doing it over your kids. You have that right and that authority that's been delegated to you. So use it. Use it. And expect by faith that God is going to take care of everything. Alright? You gotta be quick to do that. You've Gotta be. Remember, we are ambassadors for Christ. We talked about that last week. When you we represent him and we go in his place is what we're doing. Now think about this. The name of Jesus was to Paul in the New Testament, what the rod was to Moses in the Old Testament. So if you think about it, the Moses' power was in his rod, right? Well, Paul's power was in the name of Jesus. So if the, if the Egyptians could have gotten the rod away from Moses, what would have happened? They would have stolen his power. Well, if the Jewish leaders could have stopped Paul from preaching, or the apostles from preaching in Jesus' name, what would have happened? They would have stolen the early church's power. Well... Let's bring it on up to today. If the modern church loses the power or the name of Jesus or the right to use that name, what happens? We lose our power. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. Amen. You see, the, if you, if you, I'm getting old now. I can see how all this works out now. But we, we, we set things in motion because we don't want to offend people in society. And and then, just like now, we're praying like, people, don't use that name of Jesus out loud. I had a lady that questioned me because I, I said a prayer in a restaurant, and she said, How dare you say that prayer in the restaurant? That offended me. Well, first off, don't stick your nose into my conversation on my table. I don't stand up in the church, I mean, in the restaurant, and say it. My purpose of doing the, the blessing over my food is not to draw attention to myself, it's intentional. It's between me and God. All right? She was trying to. Makes a situation out of it, all right? But people will challenge you, all right? They will challenge you, amen. But we can't lose the right to use that name. And when you begin to stop using that name because we're afraid to offend somebody, all right? What happens is, young people, your kids begin to see that. Well, mom and dad don't use that name. So now they grow up. And we have kids growing up in a generation not using that name. Well, then when they become adults, now it's socially acceptable. We just don't use that name. We didn't use that. I didn't use that name growing up, so I'm not going to use that name. See how it gets pushed out? It pushed out. We can't, can't allow that to happen, guys. Can't allow that to happen. You see, we're, only, we're robbing ourselves if we allow that to happen. Because that, that power has been given to us to help us with our circumstances and our situations in our life. Amen? And when you choose to push it out, then you're only hurting yourself. So, ask yourself this. Do you have any needs? Any, any needs in, that maybe your family may have? Well, have you interceded through prayer in Jesus' name? Start there. Start there in faith, believing that God will answer your prayer. Or do you have any spiritual or physical problems? Well, be quick to speak <laughs> The promises of God over that, over that situation. Speak the name of Jesus over that situation. Don't allow circumstances to rule you. you. learn to rule your circumstances. I had a lady tell me, she said, I can't do that. Everybody's going to think I'm crazy. Well, let me tell you something. It would be so much better to walk around in this earth with a smile on your face, walking in victory because a few people think you're crazy. All right? than to walk in the problems and the chaos that comes from just allowing things to have circumstances to rule your life so, and, and you refusing to pray over them because you don't want to offend somebody. All right, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So we've got to learn to be bold and be confident in God's Word and what He says about who you are, what you have. Because remember, Satan does not want you to know that. He doesn't want you to be confident in the things of God. He doesn't want you to understand the power that you have because you're that close to walking in victory over Him. So that's why you have to learn to be quick, to shout quick, be quick, to take authority, to command Satan, to rebuke him from your life in whatever way he's coming at you. Because listen, he knows everybody's weakness in here. And that's where he's going to hit you. If you're an alcoholic, He's going to hit you with that temptation. It's going to always be there. Boom, boom, boom. Until you take control over that situation and say, Satan, you have no place here. I command you to get out of my life in Jesus' name and believe it by faith. Stand strong. And and, and you may have to do it a hundred times. But when that temptation comes, you be quick to allow those words come out of your mouth and do that first. If you don't, you're going to continue to give in to those temptations. They're going to keep coming. Keep coming. You've got to learn to, to shout. Let everybody hear it. And mainly, let Satan hear the name of Jesus come out of your mouth. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for everybody here. And Lord, I praise you, praise you, praise you for everything that you've done here at the church. And Father, I give a quick shout out for all the kids at youth camp. And I'm praying for protection over them and their travels when they're coming back. And Father, I pray mostly for a, an amazing move in that service for those kids. Oh, we're already getting good testimonies, Father. There's going to be some powerful moves to come out of that. And Father, I pray for each and every person that come in here. I pray that they get a revelation of who they are in Christ. And I pray that they, that boldness just starts building on the inside of them. And then as they walk around in all the chaos and the craziness in this world, Lord, I pray that they, they, they realize that they have your power and your authority to, to, to speak your name, your name, your name, that you've been that name has been used forever, and Lord, I pray that they get it and they get it in their spirit and they begin to take control of their lives instead of allowing the the chaos and the craziness of this world to dictate their lives and to drive the direction of their lives. That they no, they take the power given in your name and they take control over their situations and their circumstances and they speak. Confidently, they stand high with their heads held high and they confidently by faith believe you and believe your word, Father. I pray that all of that resonates deep inside with them. Deep inside. And Father, I pray that it just continues to stir up a fire and a hunger for you. And I pray that these people will start to begin to see the will that you have for them, Father. Because you've got a special plan for them. A special plan. Because they're special people committed to serve you, Father. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.